What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Carrera, and she is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. We are in peak uh, off season where everyone has crazy takes. And I just, <laughs> I, I feel like I need to get off Twitter for a little bit. But tonight, the rodeo is in town. Well, I guess they're in town for a long time now. It's like the next month in Houston, and I'm going to the rodeo. So I'm getting down with my countryside tonight. Nice. Are you a, are you a country girl? You got a little rodeo in you? I like country music a lot. I would say that's my favorite uh, genre, but it's like country pop, not like the, you know, I'm not big into the old timer country music, but like the new country pop is pretty legit. Save a horse, ride a cowboy, that kind of thing. Yeah. Why not? Why not? But we do have like, we have these booth tickets for free and it's uh, all you can drink and all you can eat for free. So it's going to be pretty sick. I got to tell you, if you give me all you can eat and drink for free, I'll go to pretty much any event. Like, <laughs> that's a huge, huge asset for me. Like that'll get me out of the house. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty excited. It is supposed to be like 40 degrees uh, high today. So it's probably going to be freezing tonight. But as long as it doesn't rain, I can handle it. We might have to pull out our winter jackets that are in the attic which I was not planning to wear winter jackets while I lived in Houston, but I guess that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, you brought them with you, though, so that was smart. All right. We have a lot to do today before we get into some potential cornerbacks for the 49ers because Michelle has at least one corner the Niners should target and at least one they should definitely not re-sign. Plus, we're going to look at some of the odds to win the NFC next season. There's a couple of interesting numbers there and sort of plan out what has to go right and wrong if the 49ers are going to uh, help you cash that bet. Before we get into all of that, we remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network. As somebody said yesterday, Michelle, you are A plus and we are lucky to have you. Woot woot. I am lucky to be here. All right, let's get into it right now. You were doing some research for the NFL Network, as you do in your regular job, and you were coming across some cornerback numbers. First, let's start with the guy on the 49ers you definitely don't want back. Yeah, I was just digging through some uh, coverage stats from back, you know, the last four or five seasons or so. And I'm checking to see where Casey Hayward is for work. And, you know, he's at the top of the list. He's very good in coverage, you know, throughout his career. And then I accidentally click on that little toggle where it goes to like the worst corners and Kwan Williams pops right up and his numbers are so incredibly bad. And I didn't realize this, right? I like knew he wasn't an excellent corner, uh, but I thought maybe that the 49ers should bring him back in free agency. He's cheap. He knows the system. Why not? Now, no, he's got to go. <laughs> Uh, since joining the 49ers in 2017, Williams has allowed a 71 completion percentage in coverage, which is the fifth worst in the NFL over that span among 84 corners with 200 plus targets. Like, that's really, really bad. This past season, he even got worse. He allowed nearly a 78 <laughs> completion percentage, which was the second worst in the NFL. And then 8.4, uh, he averaged 8.4 coverage snaps for every reception he allowed. Fifth worst in the NFL, like he he's, he's bad. Right. And it's not anymore. Well, what is our other options? It's like, we'll find, find another option because you can't get much worse than Quan Williams. So you just gotta, you gotta shoot for somebody else and try to upgrade at that position. You can't be allowing 77 completion percentage and expect to, you know, keep winning games. If you have someone that's that much of a liability on your defense. That's really interesting to me because I think if you were to talk to the majority of 49ers fans, they would say, 
what do you do? Oh, we got to keep Kwan Williams is awesome. We got to keep him. He's one of the best slot corners in the league. He's really not. He cannot cover man to man at all. Like he, he's bad at it. Teams realize that if you go back and look, especially in the playoffs, everybody challenged him in a big spot on third down. They put a, uh, their number one receiver in the slot and they were like, okay, we're just going to run right at this guy. The Cowboys burned him. The Packers burned him. The Rams burned him. He he's just not good in man to man and teams have picked up on it. So I know that like, he's really cool at doing that blitz off the edge and he's had some success with that, but I agree. Like, you can't fall in love with these guys. I know that like we have this core in San Francisco and that's really cool to kind of bring the same guys back year after year, but that's not the way to win. You got to upgrade where you can upgrade. And as you clearly laid out there, this is definitely a spot where the Niners can improve. Yeah. And unfortunately there's not a lot of great uh, slot corners available in free agency. There's like really none. Uh, So hopefully you're just kind of hoping here that someone gets cut or you can trade for one, like a, a sixth or seventh rounder or something crazy like that. But there is one sitting there in free agency that should be super cheap. Bryce Callahan out of Denver. He had a rough year in 2021. No way around it. Dealt with injuries, dealt with COVID. But he just, even when he was on the field, wasn't great. Uh, but he was super, super solid for them in 2020. He had a great season for the Bears in 2018 before he missed the 2019 season with another injury. So a guy that gets injured often, but he's 30 years old. He's going to come cheap because of his bad 2021 season. And he's going to be an upgrade to K1 Williams. Like he just will be, he plays on a slot. He's a much better overall player. So if you want to go the cheap route, I think that's a guy you can bring in to replace him or, you know, focus on getting one of these slot corners in the draft. I think the end of the second round is kind of the perfect place to take a slot corner. You don't want to take them too early, but they are like, they're, an important piece to the defense and you can find them late in the second round. So if a guy like Kyler Gordon were to fall out of Washington, I think he would be a nice upgrade there. Someone that you could build around. He's super versatile. So start him in the slot. And then if you need him in the outside down the road in his career, he can go there as well. Or a guy like Roger McCreary out of Auburn, ton of experience in the SEC could step right in uh, and start. And like I said, maybe they're not great. <laughs> like uh, you can't expect the rookie corner you drafted in the late second round to be amazing, but it can't get much worse than Williams. That's the key thing to focus on. Don't focus on the name or anything like that. Just look at the production you were getting from Williams and the potential production you could get from somebody else. If you can get a similar level of production for way less money, which by the way, it's going to cost you way less money. You would, especially if they drafted somebody, then you have to make the change, whether it's cornerback quarterback, any position on the roster. That's clearly the way to look at it. Um, man, the Niners secondary is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty different next season, to be honest with you. And if there is one spot, where I would like them to be willing to spend money, it is corner. Like, I wouldn't be opposed to them paying Stephon Gilmore $15, 16000000 million for a couple of years because they're in their win-now window. doesn't matter that Gilmore is a little older. You're not keeping them for the next five seasons. I'd be willing to see them fork out a little money. Now, in order to do that, they're going to have to restructure, I think, maybe Jimmy Ward you can extend him. That'll free up some cap space. You can restructure Eric Armstead's contract. That can give you like 10 million bucks. So they're going to have to shift some things around. But if there was one position I would spend at, to me, it's corner. 
Yeah, and I don't even know if you really have to spend. There's a lot of nice options out there, uh, veterans. And like Stefan Gilmore, the only reason I'm against him today is because I just wrote about him this morning for work. So now I'm all like biased against him. But his numbers the last couple seasons have not been even close to the Stefan Gilmore numbers. And you're going to have to pay him still because of the name. But since that 2019 Defensive Player of the Year season, his numbers have dropped dramatically like in 2019 he allowed a 47.4 passer rating since then it's doubled 91.2 passer rating he's only had uh three interceptions over the last two years compared to his six that he had in 2019 he's allowed four touchdowns compared to that one so his numbers have dropped pretty dramatically he's getting older right so they're going to but i don't know if paying him big money is kind of the way to go can i talk about a dude that i really really like yeah, after you just pooped all over my suggestion. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> no, because I would have been with you. I would have been with you before I did that research on Gilmore pay for him. I still think he would be a good option. I just don't want to pay him a lot, you know, and I think he's going to be pricey. Uh, Rasul Douglas is the guy that I love for the 49ers to go get uh, from Green Bay. If you, if you don't know about this guy, because for some reason he's very under the radar, He's 27 years old, will be 28 years old come the season in August. Uh, But he was fantastic for the Packers this year. He actually started the season on the Cardinals practice squad. And then the Packers signed him in October, started his first game this season in week six. And then he went on to lead the Packers in interceptions with five Uh, from weeks seven through 18 uh, in this NFL season. It was only him and JC Jackson that had five plus interceptions through that time. He also had the third most passes defensed in the NFL from week seven through 18. Uh, He, he was killing it. And it's not even just been this year. That's why I don't understand why he started on the practice squad. You can go all the way back since 2019 He has forced an incompletion on 16% of targets that have gone his way. That might not sound high to you, but it's actually the fourth highest rate in the NFL among all corners with 150 targets in that time. It's well over 100 corners that's against, and he's fourth in the NFL. And look at this list he's on. The top guy's Carlton Davis, who's about to get paid big in free agency, probably will leave Buccaneers. You have Jair Alexander, an elite corner. James Bradbury, who's getting paid with the Giants, a very good corner. And Marshawn Lattimore, who's getting paid. Like Those are the top five guys that Douglas is with. Douglas's salary is not going to come close to that. The Packers paid him 826K this year. He's just an under-the-radar guy that you cannot let the Packers go sign for cheap. Like That will be a huge win for them with their cap space. You need to go steal him away from the Packers and free agency. Uh, A guy that I think you can get at a really reasonable salary who's going to perform for you. I like the sound of those numbers. Not going to lie. That is incredible. I remember Douglas is the guy that made the pick against the Cardinals, right? When A.J. Green like wasn't paying attention and Kyler threw the interception. I'm pretty sure that was Rasul Douglas. Uh, I think he started in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He was a third-round pick for the Eagles. Um, they let him go. He's been on multiple teams now. He played for the Panthers uh, a year ago, I believe, or two years ago. And then, yeah, I guess the the Cardinals didn't want him, just threw him on the practice squad. The Packers stole him away. Like, And he, the thing is, he had all these numbers, and he was pretty much the top corner there because Jair Alexander missed almost the entire season. So yeah. he was going up the best of the best wide receivers and was still doing his thing. I would love that because that's exactly the kind of guy the 49ers need to go opposite Emmanuel Mosley. Like if you if you're not going to pay out big for a stud, 
there are guys out there that you can get on a moderately priced deal that can ball out. And you clearly laid it out there. He's definitely one of those guys. Plus, I love the idea of stealing him from somebody else in the NFC. You make yourself stronger while at the same time weakening a rival in the NFC. The Packers are going to have to do some stuff, man, because their cap situation is not great. Obviously, with all the Aaron Rodgers stuff, it's a separate thing that we're going to get into in a little bit here. So you're saying dump K1 Williams, draft a slot corner, you can or you can bring in Rasul Douglas or who was the guy from Denver? I can't. I just should have written it down. Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan. That's right. Yeah. So there you Rasul go. Rasul Douglas I, probably won't help you much in the slot. You'll want him on the outside, but Bryce Callahan, I think, could be a nice cheap one your deal to just figure out the slot position this season, draft a guy that you can mm-hmm. groom and go from there. But you got to just move on from K1. I'm interested to see what they think the role for Ambry Thomas is going to be. Do they envision him as more of an outside corner? Do they think he can play the slot? Cause that's a factor in all of this too. I mean, they drafted him in the third round. So you would think they have some sort of plan for him, but I don't know if they prefer him in the slot or on the outside. That could be a factor too, as to who they go after. Or maybe they just say, hey, if we can get Rasul, we'll we'll stick Ambry in the slot and we'll deal with it. Who knows? But I, I don't yeah. know what specifically their plan is for him. They're going to have a lot of nice options. Like this free agency class seems underwhelming, uh, but I, I do think there's a lot of cheap veteran options, which is kind of what the 49ers need right now. You need someone ready to just jump in, uh, perform in the first year he's with the team. And so I, I think they have a lot of nice options to go get someone that they could easily afford that's going to upgrade their secondary pretty quickly here. The other part of the Stefan Gilmore signing that I liked is that he is, you know, a clearly a veteran guy who's played at a high level. And I think that's something that that secondary needs, especially cornerback. You've got Diamador Lenore. You've got Ambry Thomas. I love the idea of bringing in a veteran player who can show him the ropes a little bit, much like Emmanuel Sanders did with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk for the half a season that he was there. I, I liked adding that kind of leadership aspect to it, too. So I think I would prefer one of the options you named as opposed to drafting a guy just because there's so much youth in that room. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. That's why I'm still down to for them to go get a Joe Hayden and Douglas, right? So maybe Joe Hayden's only there for a year, sign Douglas to a three-year contract. So he could be there for a while, but bring in another vet with Joe Hayden. I mean, I still think Lenore and Thomas would get their snaps. They would get their experience and also learn from these veterans. I just think this would be the best way to go for this year. Just try to find some guys that can fill fill the role for one to two years. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's their best option. Gilmore, again, five passes defense over the last two seasons. That's it. Just five. He led the NFL from 2012 to 2019 with 111 passes defense. The last two seasons, five. I think, but he's, is that fa- f- I think he's fallen off hard. He's probably, ha- I mean, I don't think he's going to play at the level that he played at when he won defensive player of the year. But don't you think part of that is he established himself early on so then teams weren't throwing at him as much? You can't get a pass defense if they don't throw the ball your way. He got a bunch of them in 2019, his defensive player of the year. People were passing to him. I mean, I'm sorry, Bill Belichick isn't just like, bye to like really great players, right? And that's pretty much what he said to Gilmore. He's like, yeah, okay, you're done. Thank you for your time. Well, Bill, look, what's Bill known for? He's known for getting rid of guys too early rather than too late. That would be my only pushback, but I agree. Gilmore is probably going to be expensive, um, but I'm, I'm not as attached to him as I am to, if you're going to spend in one area, spend there. 
Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if Joe Hayden happens. Uh, he's part of your offseason plan that you laid out last week. And uh, two of those moves have to actually happen for you to avoid eating the mayonnaise. So we'll see. I if feel like we happens. should be able to add Douglas to this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you can't be adding. Okay. I gave you free reign last week for whatever you wanted to do. Now you're done more research. You're trying to throw more people in here. Give yourself more chances to be correct. No, no. He is not on the list. But Douglas is the one I'm rooting for most now. Well, too bad. <laughs> if I had to suck down that mayonnaise, you know, I so just a real quick aside here before we go to break. I did that and I haven't eaten mayonnaise since. And then the other day I was so desperately hungry for lunch and we had like no food in the house. So the only thing we had was a can of tuna fish. And I was like <laughs> shaking as I opened the can of tuna fish. Like, I don't even know if I can do this. Like I, I made it and I was like, I don't know if this, I might throw up as soon as I try and eat it. <laughs> so my secret plan to try and like trick my brain was I covered it in hot sauce, like the spiciest hot yeah. sauce we had in the house. And it worked. I ate it without a problem, but like I was legitimately nervous that I wasn't going to be able to eat lunch and that you would have ruined me. Hot sauce is the way to go to fix anything. So if I have to eat my mayo, I might throw some hot sauce in there. Good, good idea. Mm, I don't know if I can allow that. We'll have to, we'll have to let the listeners decide on that one. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at the odds to win the NFC, the four, what the 49ers number is, and more importantly, what needs to go wrong for the other teams on the board, at least some of the top teams if the Niners are going to get back to the Super Bowl in 2022. This is the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, Michelle, let's take a look at the NFC. Our friends at DraftKings have the odds to win the conference. As it stands right now, as we record this uh, just about Friday afternoon, the Rams are the favorite to win the NFC again. They are plus 450. The 49ers are tied for second to win the NFC. At plus 600, they are tied with the Green Bay Packers. Then it goes Dallas Cowboys plus 650, which I think is laughable. Uh, then it goes Buccaneers and Cards at plus 1,200. And then Saints and Eagles at plus 1,600. First, let's start with the Rams. Do you agree that the Rams should be the favorite to win the NFC? I do, pretty easily. I mean, they, they have a team here that they can they can do it again next year. They're going to make a good run for it. Matthew Stafford's still going to be in his prime. He's still going to be good. They have all those defensive pieces. As long as they still have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, you know, their defense is going to be pretty solid. I, I think the one thing the 49ers fans have to root for is for them to lose Von Miller in free agency and OBJ because those two additions this season really were the difference makers. The Rams were a good team without them, but they became actually Super Bowl real contenders with those two. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if they win the Super Bowl, especially without Von Miller. Uh, he needs to go. Like you have to hope that he's going to get paid somewhere else too much that he doesn't stay with the Rams. Cause I feel like he probably wants to stay there. Friends with Aaron Donald. They just won a Super Bowl. It all comes down to the money. You have to hope he goes somewhere else. I think that's the biggest one. And then also hope that Cooper cup says, Hey, uh, I'm amazing. Pay me more because you can't be having the Rams. Uh, having Cooper Cup on this super, super friendly contract and him being one of the best wide receivers in the league. So also hope that he says, hey, give me more money and they have to figure that out. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, but we'll see. Here's the thing. Everybody says after the Super Bowl, right? We're going to, everybody wants to stay together, right? It's it's all good. There's nothing but good vibes flowing. I always say it's like your first week in college when you meet your roommates and everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to wash the dishes. I always wash the dishes. I'm going to clean up after myself. Don't worry. 
And then a week <laughs> later, the place is disgusting. And there's old used dishes everywhere. And it, there's flies buzzing around the room because nobody picks up anything. So we'll see. Here's the thing, though. If the Rams do lose Von Miller and OBJ, they might lose Aaron Donald because he told TMZ he'll come back if they can keep OBJ and Von. So while it's oh, he's coming like, back anyways, I, I can't see him retiring. I, I mean, I would be stunned if he did. But Rodney Harrison kind of just dropped that bomb on everybody right before the Super Bowl when he said if, if Aaron Donald wins, he might walk away. The other thing, and I, it's the chances of it are very, very low. But supposedly Amazon is going to go hard after Sean McVay to be the analyst for their Thursday night football package. Now, McVay's fiance has said that he's not retiring, but there has there has to be, Michelle, some number that Amazon could offer Sean McVay where he says, I have to do this. Maybe that number is incredibly high. Maybe it's like $30 million a year. I don't know. But there exists some number for him to walk away. And the question is, is Amazon going to meet that number? Yeah, it all depends on where his goals lie, right? If his goal is to be one of the best coaches in the NFL like all time and he wants to stick it out and and, and be there for a long time and win a lot of championships, then fine. But from the sounds of it, it, it doesn't sound like he wants to stay in coaching for the long haul. So if his goal is to only coach for like five more years or so, and if that's your entire goal is just to get through it for five more years, yeah, there's going to be a price where Amazon says, hey, pay you this you're making more money like let's say they pay him even more money than he'd be making as a coach and you have to work way 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 less have no stress that you have the stress as a coach and you get more family time it it makes sense it all just depends on does he want to be bill belichick and be in this forever or is just just a short time thing for him he has said he doesn't want to be a lifer um and you know he's he's entering now a different part of his life he's he has a fiance. I think he's talked about having kids and starting a family. Your priorities shift in a major way when you have kids at home, even for people that are, you know, grinders and all of that. It, it's the biggest change probably you could make in your life. So that's going to affect things. And we don't know how that will affect him. And like you said, if it's if it's like 20 million, I mean, Tony Romo, I think, makes like 16 or 18 million dollars a year. Troy Aikman's going to sign a contract with ESPN that is going to dwarf what he made in his NFL career. Troy Aikman made $55 million as a quarterback, a, a good quarterback, a three-time Super Bowl winning quarterback in his career. He's going to make double that probably with this contract with ESPN. The money is out there, and you said it. Less stress, more free time. It's it's way it's a just a better life, frankly. So we'll see what happens with McVeigh. I just I don't think it happens. All I'm saying is my only point is that you can't totally rule it out because Amazon has enough money to offer anybody whatever they want for any job. So we'll see. And now they'd be kind of screwed. I mean, they missed out on the hiring cycle. Like all the best candidates are basically taken. So if Sean McVay is like, peace out, it's like, oh, you're getting a really late start on finding that next head coach. And Eric Bieniemy just uh, agreed to come back to the Chiefs on a one-year deal to be their offensive coordinator. So he would be the one guy that would scare me if McVay left yeah. that could potentially be there. Now, maybe Andy Reid would let him out of the deal because Andy Reid's a pretty good guy, um, but we'd have to see there. Okay, so the Rams are at plus 450. The Niners are at plus 600. The Packers are at plus 600. And I, this one's pretty obvious. If it's Aaron Rodgers Aaron is Rogers, done, yeah. then there is no 
The only way I would still consider the Packers a threat is if they traded Aaron Rodgers to the Seahawks and got Russell Wilson back, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way. So barring that, if he's gone, you could just scratch the Packers right off the list. Those odds, I would never put money on the Packers right now. I think these are good odds if Rodgers comes back. No, I understand that Rodgers never wins in the playoffs and gets to that Super Bowl. But when you're looking at how weak the NFC is, I know it, it was pretty weak this past year as well. I still think if Aaron Rodgers comes back, this is one of the safer odds to take. I'm not thrilled about it, but I, for somehow everyone's saying they're going to figure out their cap space. I don't understand how, like, I don't understand <laughs> how they're going to franchise tag Devonte Adams be even 20 more million over the cap. And they started at 50. So that puts them at 70 million over. I have no, no idea how they're going to do this, but you know, if Rogers stays, I guess you have to root. If you're a 49ers fan, really root that they don't grab a guy like Traylon Burks or Chris Olave. Hope they don't fall in the draft to them. I think that would be huge. Those are wide receivers coming in the draft this year. That would be instant impacts on the offense. They're likely going to have to cut Zadarius Smith, which is nice. I can't see how they keep, they're all pro linebacker Devondre Campbell. But again, who knows what happens? And as I said, the 49ers cannot allow the Packers to just re-sign Rasul Douglas for cheap and get a steal there in free agency. Do you think that if Rodgers comes back, it's a lock that Devontae Adams comes back? It, it seems that way, right? It seems like they want to stick together. And the Packers are saying we're keeping him. Like they're pretty much like we're either going to tag Adams or give him a longer contract. I don't know how this works, but apparently they're going to figure it out. So I do believe if Rogers is there, Adams will be there. I just, and maybe this is bias and maybe I'm falling into the same trap as I did with the Rams, but I just think that they don't scare me. I know not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't good, but this is now four straight times in the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers is, you know, literally playing for his life on the line. And the 49ers have beaten him. So he might be good. He might be great. But I do not fear the Green Bay Packers. I would not put any money on them right now. I just, I don't believe. I just don't. Um, and I could be totally wrong on that. But that's a hill I'm willing to die on. The next team on the list makes no sense to me, Michelle. <laughs> the Cowboys at plus 650. All that has to happen for the Cowboys to not win the NFC is they just need to continue to employ Mike McCarthy. The man yeah is a potato. He doesn't get it. He can't manage a team. He can't manage the clock. I mean, their season literally ended because they ran a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. Give me a break. That guy, he has a Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers dragged him kicking and screaming to a Super Bowl. And I'm sorry to bring that up since they beat your Steelers, but I have yeah, no faith right. in Mike McCarthy. I have no faith in the Cowboys. They are chokers. They haven't been to an NFC championship game since 1995. No way am I putting any of my hard-earned shekels on the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, the Cowboys, uh, Jeremy Layton tweeted this today. Uh, he's a beat reporter for, I should know this, uh, digital sports editor at New York Post. So if you want to go find him on Twitter, Jeremy Layton. But he tweeted, the Cowboys had the ultimate statistical outlier season on defense. 34 takeaways, most in the NFL, plus 14 turnover differential tied for most, and six defensive touchdowns most. You have all of that, right? And then also your offense scores 27.5 points per game, third in the NFL. Obviously, all those turnovers help right? You're going to be in good field position, mm -hmm. but you do all of that. 
and you still don't win a playoff game. Like that's who I, I, I don't know how you have plus 650 odds because the, these turnovers are not realistic to keep happening. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of it comes down to luck. Some of it is the players like Diggs will always have a, a good amount of turnovers. Right. But probably not at the rate he was getting turnovers this past year. It's not going to just stay consistent from year to year. You cannot expect to have this much luck. And they still couldn't even do it. And, you know, starting guard Connor Williams is in free agency. They're already talking about they might trade Amari Cooper because of his massive contract. Michael Gallup is a free agent that could easily be lost. And he is really important to their offense. Like you saw when he was on the field compared to not, it was a difference. And then also they might have to tag Dalton Schultz or give him a nice contract. And that would be a massive loss for the Cowboys as well. If they lose Dalton Schultz, he's a good tight end. And Dak relied on him on third downs massively. So there's a lot of pieces here. I don't, these are the my least favorite odds. Like, would never bet on this. Right. See, to get a Super Bowl, you got to take advantage of a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that goes your way. Part of that is turnover luck and fumble luck and stuff like that. And the Cowboys seemingly had all of it this past season, like you said. And not only could they not win the NFC, they couldn't win a playoff game. Plus, you don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I don't think that division is going to be as much of a cakewalk as it was this past year. So there is no way in hell I would put any of my money on the Cowboys. But that's sort of the line, Michelle, because now all of a sudden the odds jump up significantly. The NFC is so bad. Like, it's so bad. Next up is Tampa Bay at plus 1,200. They are tied with the Cardinals, actually. They're both plus 1,200. I think... The best thing for the 49ers with Tampa Bay has already happened. Tom Brady said, thanks, but no thanks. He's out. Now, they do seem like they're desperate to get a franchise quarterback, so we don't know. Maybe they're willing to get a little crazy and trade like three first-round picks to try and get a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, that kind of a thing. We don't know. But short of that happening, I'm not worried about the Bucs. Even though they're really good, you take Tom Brady and you put another quarterback in there, and I'll take my chances. Yep. I said, there's no shot, no shot unless they get Aaron Rodgers or like you said, maybe Russell Wilson. I still don't even love uh, the odds there. Uh, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Obviously if they got him the, you know, I would like these odds, but they didn't even make it with Tom Brady last year. They didn't even come close to making it. Uh, and then you're going to lose Tom Brady. You could also lose Rob Gronkowski. You could lose both of your running backs that did anything. Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones you could lose Godwin in free agency. You lost Antonio Brown. I don't see a world where I don't even know why their odds are plus twelve hundred. Like they're acting like Tom Brady's still there or something. I, for them to be tied with the Cardinals, I think says a lot about the Cardinals because I mean, how long were they? Under, they went seven and zero right before they fell apart. They're kind of at the end, but. I would much rather bet on the Cardinals, who I don't even believe in, than the Buccaneers <laughs> at the same odds. So, okay, let's get to the Bucs. I know that their owner just came out today and said that he talked with Kyler and that everything is cool and they're all copacetic. Yeah, right. It's a lot easier to simmer tensions down in February when there's no games going on, no drama, no adversity, right? Again, it's like goes back to that college analogy. Everything is cool right now, but when you get in the thick of it, what's going to happen? Is Kyler Murray going to step up and be the leader that everybody seems to want him to be? Or is he going to go back to kind of going into a shell a little bit and pointing fingers? Chandler Jones just tweeted, be a leader, not a blamer. I don't think he was tweeting that at 
you know, the th- the second or third string wide receiver. <laughs> you know, like, let's just be real about this. So there are, I think there are real issues for them to work out. Cliff Kingsbury, for whatever reason, cannot put a complete season together. His teams going back to Texas Tech have always fallen off in the second half of the year. I don't know why that is, but whatever the reason is, it's happened too many times for that to be a fluke. So I can't, I can't put my money on the Cardinals. I cannot put faith in that when they flounder down the stretch when the games mean the most. Yeah, and Chandler Jones is a free agent. If they lose Chandler Jones, I mean, that's the biggest part of your defense right there. You cannot lose him. So ho- like, not hopefully as 49ers fans, they lose him. Hopefully if you're a Cardinals fan, you pay up and you keep him. Also a massive thing they have to do, they have to upgrade their wide receiver too. Like as a 49ers fan, you should be hoping right now that they go into that season with Rondell Moore as their wide receiver too. Cause we see if anything happens to Deandre Hopkins, yep. the offense dies. Like it completely Kyler Murray shuts down. Everything falls apart. So hope that they don't find any upgrades elsewhere. Christian Kirk is a free agent, but even if they got him back, like they still need to find upgrades. If they're going to go far in the, these playoffs root for them, not to resign James Conner, because I, believe he's an above average pass catcher when they actually use him and he's elite near the goal line he was in pittsburgh he was again in arizona like he knows how to get across that line he's fantastic fantastic at it so uh, you know that's some things to root for as 49ers fans for them to lose chandler jones lose connor and not to upgrade the wide receiver position and i think those are both realistic scenarios it's not like a pipe dream for that to happen. I could see Chandler Jones at this point being like, you know what? Maybe I'll go to somewhere, take less money and try and get a, a ring or two here before I, before the end of my career. I mean, he's, he's done everything you could possibly want in Arizona. He's been one of the best pass rushers in the entire league. Maybe he says, you know what? This, this ain't it. Arizona ain't it. I've done it here. I'm going to go somewhere else. So we'll Buffalo see what happens. would be nice for him. Go try you know, to win that right ring. Exactly. I could see them now granted going from Arizona. Buffalo is that's a little rough. That transition's a bit difficult, but you know, for a year or two, you can put up with anything. Go back to new England, try to win with Mac Jones. Unlikely, but you never know. It's all possible. Although you don't see very many guys. I feel like when you get to be a veteran guy, like playing in new England, man, you win, but that's you better because it doesn't seem fun. (laughs) Yeah. It does Uh, not seem fun. The Eagles and Saints are next up. These are the last two teams we're going to look at. They're at plus 1,600. The, see, to me, the Eagles are a really attractive bet. You could take the – if you think the Eagles are going to trade for a quarterback, whether it's Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, you better put your money on the Eagles right now. This is what I what you have to love if you're an Eagles fan. The Niners traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance. It's going to affect their next three drafts. The Eagles could trade three first-round picks for a quarterback, and it's only going to affect this year. That's an incredible asset for them to have. I would be totally willing if I was Philly to give up three first-round picks for a quarterback. Like, yeah, half the first-round picks are busts anyway, and the fact that you still have your first in 2023 and 2024, that'd be incredible for them. So if you are confident that the Eagles are going to get a quarterback, and I am, because Howie Roseman loves to make moves for quarterbacks, I think that this is where you put your money. The Eagles, if they get a quarterback, if they get like a Russell Wilson, they'd have the best quarterback in the division by far. It's a very winnable division. I would love everything about it. To me, this is where the value is. Yeah, I think 
I, you know, I'm a Jalen Hurts girl. I think they should be building around him. But if you can't get a Russell Wilson for your three first round picks this year, you got to do it, right? He would be an upgrade to Jalen Hurts. It's that simple. Love Jalen Hurts, but he would be. I think what the 49ers need to root for is for the Eagles to draft a rookie quarterback with one of those mm. first three round picks. Be the best thing for 49ers not to have to worry about the Eagles because I still think Jalen Hurts will easily win out in that competition. Uh, and if even better, if they play that rookie quarterback, he's not going to be better than Jalen Hurts. There's no one in this class that's going to come in and win any more games uh, or be any better than Hurts was. And then they lose out on one of those assets they could have been using to build around their defense. Their defense is pretty weak, right? It's it's bad, and it's going to be bad. No, If they use those three first-round picks on getting a Russell Wilson, I still don't think they'd make the Super Bowl. I, I think the, the scariest thing for the 49ers would be for them to – Keep Jalen Hurts, use those three first round picks either on drafting guys to help their defense out, getting an edge, a, a great edge defender right there and a corner and a wide receiver, you know, to get Jalen Rager out of that game. He should not be on the field. <laughs> He's terrible. He He's the worst wide receiver that starts. I, I really believe that just the worst one in the NFL. But I, I think that's the scariest thing, scariest route they could take if you're a 49ers fan. Jalen Rager will never cease to amaze me. If they got Watson and uh, uh, I know like he has to clear all these legal hurdles. I get that. Although Mike Florio did report yesterday that there are teams out there right now that as long as he gets the criminal component of that situation settled, that they would make the trade for him, even with the 22 civil suits against him unsettled, which is mind blowing and tells you what the NFL really cares about. But if they got Watson and then you have Deshaun Watson and you have Devontae Smith. That now I'm like, oh man, I'm legitimately worried about the Eagles. Yeah. So uh, everything obviously depends on the quarterback situation. With those three first round picks, you can't be comfortable right now if you're a Niner fan until you know what they do with them. I don't get how the Saints have odds that are just as good. What? <laughs> I don't understand it. If you take the Beatles, like the Saints' plan this year is Sean Payton's retiring, but we're going to keep everybody, right? Everybody else is coming back. Pete Carmichael's coming back. Dennis Allen's now the head coach. We're keeping the band together. But if you take John Lennon away from the Beatles, you don't have the Beatles anymore. You got Ringo Starr and two other dudes, and that's it. Like, it's not the same. So great. New Orleans. I love your plan. No Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. Awesome. Come at me. I'm ready. I, I don't even understand how they have these odds. I think their odds should be like plus 4,000. I would give them <laughs> a 0.1% chance to make the Super Bowl this year. Cam Jordan, their best defensive piece with, well, I'll, I'll say Marshawn Lattimore is pretty solid as well, but Cam Jordan's going to be 33. He's not getting any younger. They lost Trey Hendrickson last season. We mm -hmm. saw how that affected them and what he did for the Bengals. They have, they still have no cap space. They have no quarterback. Tell me it's Jameis Winston. Cool. Like that's what we want <laughs> as 49ers fans. Like, thank you. I don't even hate Winston, but he's not making the Super Bowl. So yeah, this uh, wouldn't even touch plus 1600 for them. That's also the Vikings, the same thing, plus 1600. I would much rather put my money down on the Vikings, who I don't believe or going to come close to Super Bowl either, but at least you have a shot. I, I think if you put money down on the Saints, you have 0% shot of winning. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I know I'm a Saints hater, but I'm trying to look at this objectively, and I just flat out do not understand it. What There is no single thing that's attractive about them. Not one, which is crazy. 
Is there one more team that we didn't mention whose number you like? Because I can't yeah. find one. It's the Panthers at plus 2,200. The same reason you just brought up the Eagles. The Panthers have a better roster than the Eagles do. Uh, a much better defense. Their Agreed. defense was like, their defense was one of the best this year and a ton of young pieces. They could bring back Stefan Gilmore if they want to. You know, he's already there. Just pay him a little bit, keep him there for the next couple of years. But, you know, their defense just completely had an overall or overhaul this past season, bunch of young dudes. And then their biggest issue was their quarterback. So it's the same thing with the Eagles, where if they were to sign Deshaun Watson, instant, like instant Super Bowl contenders, I think. Like with their roster, Christian McCaffrey stays healthy for a full season, finally, maybe. It's been a while, but if he does, like tied for 11th best odds to win the conference at plus 2200 i think their roster is there i think they can compete with anyone they just need a quarterback that's not sam darnold or cam newton and or teddy bridgewater and they're they're going to be in the playoffs if they can find even a jimmy garoppolo like it, jimmy garoppolo could go there and i think he would bring him to the playoffs and we've seen him somehow win with good defenses and get <laughs> to the super bowl say- if Carolina wants to give us anything for Jimmy Garoppolo, go ahead. Feel free. You can have him. Give me, I, I agree that their roster is strong, but they the reason that they're a quarterback away is because they keep making bad quarterback decisions. They keep stacking bad quarterback decisions one on top of another. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, picking up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option. Cam Newton last year. Like, no, I don't trust the decision makers in Carolina at all. I think Matt Rule comes into this season on maybe the hottest of hot seats in the NFC. I just, I don't trust them at all. It's a, it's a big number. I agree with you, but I think it's a big number for a reason. And those reasons raise too many red flags for me to put my money on Carolina. I don't feel good about it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if I'm going to bet on one of these teams that, uh, you know, isn't the Rams, isn't the 49ers or the Packers, uh, then I would go with the Panthers because it's really all about the quarterback. Now, if they go in without one, if they don't get a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers or really low end Jimmy Garoppolo, where I wouldn't feel too good about these odds anymore. If they don't get one of those guys, then no, they have no chance. If they go in with a rookie quarterback with Sam Darnold, I wasted 10 bucks, you know, if I put 10 bucks on them, but 10 bucks wins me $220. If they do end up with one of these top tier quarterbacks. And I think a top tier quarterback could get really far with this team. Before we go, I just did a real quick look at the AFC and I see your Steelers have the fourth <laughs> worst odds that plus yeah. 2,800. I mean, you talk about a quarterback away. I keep saying it, Michelle, you put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Steelers. I guarantee you they make the playoffs next year. Well, we always make the playoffs and we don't win a playoff game. Even when Ben was in his prime. I mean, when's the last time we won a playoff game? It's been a really, really long time. All right. Just. Just brace yourself. Just get used to the idea of seeing number 10 in black. It's going to be Jimmy G. Listen, there was like some rumors out, and I think it ended up just being someone just predicting that people took out of context, but someone said two-fourths. Like yeah, Steelers Tim Kawakami said that. For, uh, at that point, they're really, there's no options at quarterback. Like They're not going to win many games with a rookie. So, you know, if it's two-fourths for Jimmy, then See? fine. You're then coming fine. over. If You're it's starting. two fours, which would suck for the 49ers <laughs> to only get two fours for him. Because like we've seen 
really bad quarterbacks go for far more. And at least Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner, no matter what the reasons is that he's winning. At least he is one. We've seen him in the playoffs too, as well, not perform great, but like if you're going to give away a second and a fourth for Sam Darnold, how is Jimmy Garoppolo not getting more? But it doesn't matter, Michelle, because this isn't like the Seahawks trading Russell or the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers. The Niners have the replacement already. So it doesn't matter if they only get two fourths back from him. The biggest asset you get is the cap room and the fact that Jimmy G is not on your roster anymore. You turn the page. The locker room is not split anymore on who they want to start. So obviously, of course, I would like to get back more than two fourths. But if that's what it takes to get him out of there, that's the most important thing. And whatever those fourth round picks turn into, who cares? That's that's, you know, icing on the cake. I don't know. They should be able to get a second rounder at least. And I think a second rounder could be a, a really a guy that could be a difference maker. Right. And if you're talking about a fourth rounder, probably is not going to turn into anything. Maybe the second rounder doesn't turn into anything either, but at least you have a much better shot. Aaron Banks, second rounder. God well, could even sniff the few game as close <laughs> to playing as I did. All right, Michelle, that is our look at the NFC. Again, uh, all these odds are courtesy of DraftKings. We remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hope you have a good weekend. I'm going on a date with my wife to a movie, which is our second movie in two years. Super pumped about it. You're going to go to the rodeo. Have a great time, Michelle, and we will talk to everybody next week. Bye, y'all. 